0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Albstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football and some other teams today. So uh, once in a while, we do these shows where we take a look around the NFC, particularly the NFC West. And that's exactly what we're doing this morning. Uh, We're going to uh, take a look at the other teams um, in the race for the division title this year. And it should be a fun show. It should be kind of a little eye-opener um for those who haven't been paying attention and uh seeing how close possibly seattle might be to getting back uh a hold of this division how you doing keith i'm doing good it's um
1: good morning and good coffee so let's do Cheers! This.
0: <laughs> yes cheers here we go happy face
1: yours disappears
0: there's like a whole no it is of it, it is the background interesting. yeah interesting. it's um kind of odd <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, I just figured we'd just kind of go worst, you know, best, worst to to best, if you will, in this conversation, um, in starting with Arizona, I don't think there's any real debate, um, at least on this show, but probably league wide that Arizona is the worst team in the NFL this year for a number of reasons. They've just been a poor team overall. Um, lately, uh, they fired their coach this last off season, jettisoned there general manager, got some uh, rich Gannon coming in uh, defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. And now is their head coach. They've got a John, new general manager, Jonathan Gannon, rich Gannon was the quarterback. Gannon. Sorry, Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> and, um, you know, depending on how their general manager does is how this team is going to go. Um, I don't know that Kyler Murray is the long-term answer and I don't think the team does either. And, you know, I think the general manager of this team did what he needed to do this off-season to kind of reset and and change directions a little bit. I thought they had a really decent off-season for their first off-season in what I believe is probably going to end up being like a four-year rebuild. The Seahawks have been in, you know, a two-year, three-year kind of rebuild, but this team is completely starting over from scratch in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um how do you feel? No, I got to
1: agree with you that they have um you know, they've uh, jettisoned so much talent, but it was all old talent. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like J.J. Watt and and Zach Allen and um, you know, guys that, let's face it, they're not going to be a part of this team when they get back to winning. And so are they going to be bad this year? Yeah, they're going to be bad, especially when um, Kyler Murray's probably not going to play for the first half of the season. And, you know, they don't really have much as far as a backup there. This is a team that is, resetting getting out from underneath some bad contracts um i mean their their biggest uh free agent acquisition was lj collier
0: well yeah i mean in <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean K- kaiser white i thought they're out, the outside linebacker they signed um, okay i'll give you from that philadelphia was still. actually really decent and you know um gannon their their coach Knew him very, very well and signed him. Paid him ten million dollars a year to come in. I thought that that was a, a really good signing for them. Um, they, the you mentioned they did lose Zach Allen, Byron mm-hmm. Murphy, Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver, Marcus Golden. I thought is an underrated loss for them, but it, they they replaced him. DeAndre Hopkins they gave away for free. Rodney Hudson still hasn't been signed by anybody. Their their center. Um, Justin Pugh, uh, Zane Gonzalez there, you know, but they did resign a couple guys. Will and uh, Hernandez uh, to be their guard, uh, Matt Prater, the kicker, uh, Kelvin Beachum, kind of an underrated left tackle, I think, for them. Uh, but, but a backup guy, kind of a swing guy. And mm-hmm. um, overall, I think they did okay. They did what they needed to do to kind of reset their roster, reset their salary cap for the future not necessarily now and then they went out and had a decent draft i thought overall they had they
1: had a great draft um as far as bringing in actual talent this year they had a good draft but what they did was they set themselves up for next year and uh were there they have probably five picks in the top 65 at this point um two could be in the top three overall that's they they're they yeah. really built themselves a situation to be good next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good start for their general manager. I really do believe that. Um but you mentioned that the the picks next year currently if they finish last, they've got the the first and second overall picks, 33rd pick, 65th, 66th and 68th pick in this draft coming up next year. That's a lot of ammunition to rebuild a roster with good quality starting level picks or impact players uh, in a rotation including mm-hmm. a quarterback, and we can talk about Kyler Murray. I know that the team personally feels uh, the immaturity level with him and the leadership qualities. He's just missing that, that piece. Uh, physical talent obviously is there, but um, I don't know that they necessarily believe he's the answer to build a team around long-term, and I do believe that they move on next year. After this year, you mentioned the fact that he might not start till midway through the season. I, there's a possibility he might not even see the field this year. <laughs> now, they yeah. don't have a lot back you know, behind him. Colt McCoy is slated to take the starting spot. Uh, they did draft Clayton Toon in the draft, which I really liked, as kind of a, a guy that you bring in and you bring along and see where he's at in, in, in a year or two. Uh, but he may be pressed into service right away. Colt McCoy has got a history of injury and the way that their offensive line is currently constructed, along with the first-round draft pick, Paris Johnson, there on the left side. Which I think is going to be a great pick for them long term. uh, They may have some issues protecting their quarterback this year, so it's going to be a rough, rough season for them. I would anticipate them winning anywhere from one to three games, and that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, I I I agree
1: with that. I mean, they're just not a they're not a good football team right now. Um, We were, you know, talking about Kyler Murray. If the uh, Cardinals were to cut them uh right now which they're not going to they would have um negative it it cost them uh 34.3 million in cap space like
0: they would lose that much and you know the seahawks did something similar you know if you remember correctly and then you you take all the other dead uh cap salaries uh that are on the books for seattle seattle kind of went through that last year where they had Mm -hmm. about 45 million dollars in dead cap space and sometimes, you know, when you're in this position, especially where Arizona's at, where you're going to finish dead last no matter what you do, you might take that hit. But mm-hmm. I think it, you know, it's fair to say that they would like to be able to trade him as a tradable asset at some point. And so I think it makes sense for them to wait a year on that. But yep, yeah, so crazy. the um a year from now though,
1: they could um move him we after put after June 1st, um, still have a pile of dead money 48.3 million in dead money, but they would still gain 3.5 million in cap space. So it, it becomes a movable contract a year from now, but right now it
0: really isn't. Yeah. And if somebody's really interested in a guy where maybe that leadership role doesn't necessarily need to fall squarely on his shoulders with a team, but yet they could use an upgraded quarterback. It might be an interesting scenario for them. Um, I like their draft overall. I mentioned Paris Johnson, the 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 best left tackle in the draft. They mm-hmm. uh, picked him at sixth overall pick. Old jolari uh, the edge from LSU. Garrett Williams, the cornerback. Michael Wilson, underrated at wide receiver. If he can stay healthy, I think that's a great pick for them in the fourth round. John Gaines is one of my uh, favorite middle to late round picks. Uh, to be an offensive center in this league um, out of UCLA. Clayton Toon, I mentioned the quarterback, developmental kind of guy at this point, but we'll see what happens there. I kind of like his upside. And overall, they got some speed at linebacker, Popo from Auburn in the sixth round. Um, Kytrell Clark, uh, the cornerback, uh, nice size for him. And Dante Stills, the defensive tackle, really liked him coming out of West Virginia as well. So I like their draft. Uh, but they've got such a long way to go. Their roster is is really lacking any depth at all, and their starter level positions are just probably some of the worst roster you know in the NFL right now. So, long ways to go for them. And mm-hmm. uh, Seahawks are not uh, concerned about the Arizona Cardinals in twenty twenty three, but the future looks pretty good for them. So,
1: yeah, we'll they they they're setting up themselves to to rebuild in the right way. They're they're. They're getting young, but they're amassing assets that they can then use to rebuild a roster. And in the NFL, when you've got a lot of draft picks, you can rebuild a roster in a couple of years. You really can.
0: And we've seen that, yeah. And um, speaking of of rebuilding, <laughs> we got another team that's that's rebuilding, and and there are some there's mixed signals out there about how people feel about the Los Angeles Rams. There's I don't think there's any mixed signals in this room. We both think no. that the Los Angeles Rams are a poor team, poor roster construction right now. They've they they had the Super Bowl um, a couple years ago, but their their books uh, became reconciled this offseason and the salary cap was uh, was really evident when they basically lost Matt Kay, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, their safety best safety, Nick Scott, uh, outside linebacker Leonard Floyd. They didn't want to retain Bobby Wagner. Ashawn Robinson left uh, their their starting level or backup, you know, level quarterback. Baker Mayfield is gone, et cetera. Great um,
1: gains. Jalen Great gains.
0: Exactly. Riley Dixon, their punter. Like, I mean, it just goes on and on. And Taylor Rapp, um, David Long, Troy Hill, their corner. Uh, Malcolm Brown, their, their backup running back. They re signed uh, guard. Coleman Shelton and Marquise Copeland, the defensive tackle, and went out and signed uh, Demarcus Robinson and Brett Ripon to be their backup quarterback, and that's the extent of their um, their free agency. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's it's way more losses than gains on that list, and and they didn't have a great roster to begin with. Mm-hmm. and And then you go into the draft; they didn't pick until the 36th pick overall. I did like their pick and Steve Avila out of TCU. I think he's going to start for them at guard and and Byron Young, the edge player out of Tennessee. He's got some upside there. Uh, And after that, it's just a bunch of names. Really? There's a lot of depth there. There's really no highlights uh, to speak of. And I I don't.
1: Given where they are, they're at as a team and, and the rebuild process, that fourth round pick of Stetson Bennett felt like such a waste.
0: I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah. So what I'm saying is I don't see how anybody out there in the NFL world that writes uh, for a living follows teams and creates lists and all that kind of stuff has this team any higher than 25th in the league yeah. and, and, and potentially being the second worst uh, roster in the league, they have a chance to, to only win, you know, three or four games themselves and be fighting with the Cardinals in a race mm-hmm. for the best quarterback uh, taken in the twenty twenty four draft.
1: Well, what they've got
0: is Matthew Stafford at quarterback,
1: uh, Cooper Cup at wide receiver, um, Cam Akers at running back, Aaron Donald um, uh, at, at on the defensive line. Yeah, and that's yeah. four. That's four stars, and which is four more than Arizona has. Um, <laughs> and I think that's why. Right? Yeah. Why people are overlooking all this other, all the other losses is because I agree. At the very at the very top of the roster, you still have those guys. The problem is just everything underneath them. And the and NFL is this is a a team game, right? the The best roster tends to win, not the best individual player. This isn't the NBA. Um, and so, I mean, I get that there's a little bit of fool's gold there because of of things, but that's I I believe the reason why people are overlooking the losses, um, the loss of talent.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've got a few other pieces like Tyler Higby at at tight end. Van Jefferson isn't a bad wide receiver. Um, but, but beyond that, Keith, beyond that, they just don't have anything. Um, no. it's just filler roster filler type stuff. Guys that aren't long-term in their long-term plans, um, save a couple of their draft picks. Um, it, <laughs> So, yeah, I I agree. I think their roster is um, talent poor, depth is non-existent, and, you know, you mentioned Aaron uh, Aaron Donald. Um, He didn't play after Thanksgiving last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think people think that he's going to be the difference maker if he has a full season. I'm just not sure. At this point, he's getting a little older as well. Um, He's still a great, great player, but every year you're going to have diminishing returns now with him. And then Matthew Stafford really didn't play very much last year. And when he did, he was not effective. Um, And I'm not sure if that is diminishing returns at this point or not, or if he was just nagged with injury. Um, So we'll see. But I just, I I see them, again, being a team that's going to win between four and six games at best. And um, I don't see them being... You know, it, it, here's, here's the deal too. Anything can happen in the NFC, uh, as we were doing research and I'm sure you came to this conclusion as well. There's really only five teams in the NFC that would be in the top 15 overall, uh, in, in the NFL, as far yeah. as team rankings are concerned, there's just, it's very poor, uh, in the NFC as far as good teams. And you never know a team like the Rams could sneak in somehow or another with seven or eight wins, um you know into the playoffs and that that's yeah. the kind of year it's going to be in the NFC.
1: They're going to ha- I mean they would have to pull off a couple of um pretty dramatic upsets but you know a couple yeah they could probably they do that because of the stars that they've got. Um and if they get good uh production out of guys like steve Avilia and, and Byron Young um and Kobe Turner right their first three draft picks mm-hmm. they could you know they can stay in some games and maybe steal steal a couple and get themselves to 7 wins and maybe that last playoff spot. I don't see it happening, but it's possible. Right. I think this is a four-win team. I think Arizona is a two-win team.
0: So the more that you did your research and the, and the, and you've seen the off season now between Seattle and San Francisco. How do you um, feel about the race at
1: the top, Keith? This is a really hard one to handicap because uh Arizona's Biggest problem is the most important position. And on top of that, you're you going to have, San Francisco? I said Arizona, didn't I? Yeah. San Francisco. Um, their biggest problem is at quarterback and the rest of that roster is really damn good, but you know, you, they've got to figure out what's going on at quarterback. Um, is Brock Purdy going to be able to play? Is he healthy? Um, if he even if he can go it is he going to be able to play at the level he did last year or is some of that a little bit of a mirage um, now that there's tape on him will pe- teams um you know figured out what he does and doesn't do and and come up with ways to to slow him down um if he can't go can trey lance finally live up to some of the potential that he's got um does Sam darnold end up playing meaningful snaps this season uh these are a lot of really big questions at the really important position. Um, but overall, that's a pretty damn good roster.
0: Yeah, it's it a really pretty is. good roster. I thought they lost some players that were important to them, right? Tackle Mike, uh, mm-hmm. is, is the big one. Uh, he got paid, went, uh, and, and left, um, Samson Ibukim, the defensive end I thought is underrated Charles, Aminu. Uh, who we both like, Jimmy Ward at safety, kind of an underrated uh, player. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, the cornerback, uh, left. And, um, you know, they just signed some lower-level kind of roster filler-type things. Uh, But it went out and probably, I think, signed one of the best players available in free agency, and Devon Hargrave, Um, and then Isaiah Oliver as well to come in and start for them at corner. Um, Which
1: they needed. They corner was
0: the weakness on their defense.
1: Um, and Oliver is going to come in and start right away. I think that was a good pickup.
0: I do too. And then, you know, they had an okay draft. Uh, they didn't draft until the 87th pick overall. They drafted a bunch of uh, roster feller, Jake Moody. They drafted uh, with pick 99 overall to be their, their kicker. second pick. Yeah, they took a pick. A kicker with their
1: second overall pick. When you do that, you are, um, are telling, basically everybody you're in win now mode you're just yeah. you're taking you're taking you can afford your,
0: to take a kicker at 99.
1: Yeah you're filling your roster um with whatever it is need for filler because you don't need um to go get guys you know what I mean um um mm-hmm. Azir <clears throat> Brown the safety out of Penn State I think actually can be pretty good um he's a guy that again the defensive backfield that's where they were yeah. Um weaker. They lost one of their safeties. They drafted a safety. Um, we'll see how that works out for them as far as um overall quality of play, but um good player. And then after that, like
0: I did like Darrell Luter Jr. I thought he was an underrated corner out of South Alabama. I think he's gonna play minutes for them um and and snaps, and we'll see. Uh, but overall, they didn't really need. They had a little bit of room to lose players and still have a great roster. Javon mm-hmm. Hargrave just kind of—you can just stop after you sign him, um, because that defensive really, line was good before they signed. Exactly, him. exactly. I mean, they got oh. Nick Bosa, Kerry Hider, uh, to back him up. John, Javon Hargrave, uh, Javon Kinlaw, <laughs> to back him up. Eric Armstead, um, Kevin Givens there as well, and Jack uh, Drake Jackson, who they picked up um year prior uh to be a, a good defensive end for them and uh Colin Farrell to back him up. I mean that that line is is loaded. Then you've got Fred Warner uh behind that making plays. So I mm-hmm. I really I like their defense, Keith. They've got probably the best well, not probably the best defense in the division and probably the second best defense I think overall. In the NFC behind Philadelphia. Um and I don't, they've got the best defensive line in yes, the NFL. I agree with that.
1: And that 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 makes everything else on defense work. When you win but, up front on every play, it's yeah. gonna be real hard on other teams.
0: Now, when you take a look at their their offense, Keith, um Kyle Shanahan has them playing super efficient with under Purdy. Can mm-hmm. they duplicate that um with, with Trey Lance? I'm not sure they could probably get close to that with Sam Darnold um, if he was just in and dunkin'. Uh And, and I would imagine um, a a quarterback coach and, and head coach and Kyle Shanahan can get the best out of Sam Darnold. But I just don't know what that is. And then Purdy, I think you you talked about, can he duplicate what he did? I think he can in the playing style that he had uh, getting the ball out quickly, efficiently um, going through his reads pretty, pretty well last year i think that that's something that you can duplicate and and i think that they they definitely hope that he can start the year for them even if he can't throw the ball 40 yards down the field um he could at least do 85% of their offense and mm-hmm. and um and i think you know jared goff with with the rams a few years back proved that that could carry that offense if needed for a while or- um, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo
1: on San right, Francisco, right, right, um, did the same thing. So yeah,
0: so you would think that that would be the team to beat in the NFC, um, just by virtue of default. They're they're the repeat team. They're the team that's done it, you know, a couple of years in a row now. Um, but here are the Seahawks. Um, mm-hmm. We had a great offseason again. Geno Smith came in last year, proved he could be the quarterback um, of of the now. Uh, maybe not of the future, uh, but and they continued to build the roster. They didn't really have any losses last year, as far as um, you know, major losses in free agency. Went out and signed Draymond Jones and a few other players, including uh, bringing back Bobby Wagner. Uh, they they had a great draft again. Uh, got the best cornerback in the in the draft, as well as the best wide receiver, maybe the second best running back. Um, and you can kind of go through that list. And I think the additions to a playoff, um, team last year really put them squarely in a, in a point in their evolution on a rebuild where they're in contention right now, especially in a diminished and weakened NFC.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is the, the NFC is really weak at the moment and you need to be able to get in, get into the playoffs, and and take your shot when you get there. Um, and I mean, and that's where the where where the Seahawks are built. The question comes down to, do they get to play home games? Um, because can they? They have to be. They have to finish above San Francisco, and that's really the question. Are they the team that's going to win this division, or is San Francisco still? Um, the, you know, gonna hold on to it. And it's, like I said, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say because San Francisco still has the better overall roster, but the quarterback situation is a mess. So it, it it's going to be an interesting season. I don't know, um, where the, where the, we're going to go with that. I, I like what Seattle's done. I like what they've done is put, putting things together. This also is not a deep team with Seattle. As a reason why they had to sign a record number of undrafted players is because they just didn't have guys on the roster. There, yeah, there but a if, lot you, of, lot of if gaps.
0: you like, even, uh, you know, there was a conversation yesterday on Twitter with uh, Bob Kandata and others, and he was talking about how many undrafted rookie free agents that, that he would expect made the roster, made the team, made the 53, and he said zero. And, uh, he said all 10 draft picks, but no undrafted rookie free agents. He said, maybe a guy like Bobo at wide receiver would, you know, but he it established him more as a practice squad guy. Um, he pointed to a couple other guys, um, particularly the the safety that they had, that they really liked I'm trying to find his name right now. Um, Jonathan Sutherland, mm-hmm. uh, as two most likely candidates, but those were still fringy. And so while we did do that, Keith, I, I think that, you know, the rosters a little deeper than, than, than most people give them credit for.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get what, where you're going with that is because basically they built a, a 53 man roster in the off season, um, instead of a 90 man roster. The problem with that is do you go into training camp and you're going to lose six or seven of those guys. To injury during camp and preseason and that's just the that's just the nature of the nfl you've got to have depth behind them and at this moment i don't see it i see Interesting. when 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 a guy gets you know a guy gets hurt right um pick any defensive lineman right if one of the starters gets hurt so now you instead of um you know these guys that are currently slated as backups you're like hey you know rotationally why is that's not bad Okay, now those guys become starters, and you look below them,
0: and you go, "There's nothing there." Mm -hmm. I think that's Uh, true with most teams, you know. But I think Seattle is actually in pretty decent shape there. Uh, I agree with you. mm You pointed to the one position group I think where uh, we can't afford to have too many injuries, uh, for sure. Um, and I don't even want to talk about them. (laughs) And and, talk about injuries right now because and linebacker
1: linebacker isn't any better. So you're like, oh, defensive line. Yeah, go look at linebacker too. Um,
0: it's, it sure, certainly gets a lot better when Jordan Brooks is is healthy. Yes, it, it looks the, a lot better.
1: Yeah, the front seven has a lot of talent. It doesn't have depth, and that scares me. Um, and that's, I mean, that's where we're what we're looking at uh, for this team. If they can stay healthy, they can play with anybody. But depth matters in the nfl it truly does if you look at the the 2013 2014 teams when seattle was um winning a super bowl and another one um who that was a stacked roster top to bottom it had had tremendous depth because they dealt with injuries all year and it didn't matter and that's the same kind of thing that san francisco has had the last couple years is they've had injuries it didn't really matter until it was all their quarterbacks
0: Yeah. And you take a look at the evolution of roster building and, and we're basically where Seattle or where San Francisco was two years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. San Francisco has a mature roster. When you go look at our depth, uh, while the quality of players looks decent, a lot of those are are first and second year players, um, rookies, uh, Mm -hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the slot wide receiver for this team. You look at, um, uh, Damien Lewis at left guard, his backup is a undrafted rookie free agent and Kendall Randolph. Um, you go look at, at center, Oluwutimi, um, is, is a, a rookie and he's right behind Evan Brown. They're going to be in competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Bradford is the main right guard backup, um, with Phil Haynes there. And Phil Haynes has a history of injury problems. So Anthony Bradford's immediately probably in that starting, uh, role conversation. Uh, well then can, then look at the defensive backfield,
1: right? Um, right? you're gonna have Witherspoon who's a rookie, uh Wolin, who's gonna be in year two, Quandre Diggs is a veteran, and once Jamal Adams gets hurt sometime in week one, um Jarek Reed's probably gonna be the starter at strong safety, another rookie. And so you've got you're gonna have three out of the four guys there being first or second year players.
0: Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. And like you said, there's not much behind Bobby Wagner and stuff, but okay. So final question. We'll wrap this show up. How do you feel about the NFC West? Uh, you, you just went through kind of the negatives the the, the negative um, worst case scenario options for Seattle. What's the, what's the best case scenario for Seattle? Well,
1: the best case scenario, like I said, if, if they stay healthy, they can play with anybody. Um, especially on offense. This offense is set up to be um, elite. Like, 33-point-a-game um, average, and the defense just has to hold on to that. I and mean, this offense is set up to be very, very good. And th- like I said, they can play with anybody. And if you, if they can get some, some turnovers and some stops, they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, I think that this is like an 11-win team. This is definitely a playoff team. Uh, if they don't win the division because San Francisco holds them off uh, for one more year, then they're probably the top wild card uh spot. So um yes. yeah, I mean this is a quality quality team. And in same with San Francisco. That's another quality team. You've got um you've got two of probably the top five or six teams in the NFC in this division. You've also got two of the bottom teams in the entire yes. NFL in this division. Which makes
0: it easier for for both Seattle and San Francisco to to yeah. get those Yeah, because that's four that's four wins.
1: Um, between, you know, playing in division games, that's four easy wins. And then if they split uh, playing each other, that's five. And then that's where they're at setting up going forward. Um, That's, that's a good spot to be in when you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Okay. So let's get out of here. Um, Our next show, we're going to take a look at a, a wider look at the NFC uh, overall. We're going to rank the top 10 teams in the NFC. We'll find out where Seattle falls in that. San Francisco as well. Um so that'll be an interesting look. Uh, maybe, and we haven't planned this yet, but maybe we can take a look at the AFC as well uh, coming up in, in a future show. Um, you can find Keith at Myers NFL. You can find the NW Seahawk. The show is Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Find us on uh, our YouTube channel and make sure you hit that subscribe button and share it. Comment on it if you like it. And um, that's it. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks. Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at HawksPlaybook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
1: Podcast Network.